The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. We are the only ones who are going to stop the Democrats. We're going to stop. They're going to destroy our country. That's why they're weaponizing law enforcement for high-level election interference. That's what they've done. It's all election interference. They love to talk about disinformation and democracy. It's all disinformation. They're great at cheating on elections, and they're great at misinformation, disinformation. Similar, not the same thing, but both because they're the ones who are weaponizing the DOJ and the FBI, our election systems, and attacking free speech. And they're also going into the states, and they're getting the district attorneys, and they're getting the... These people are really bad for our democracy. He is a threat to our democracy for numerous reasons. So the CIA, Turley professor, I should say, uh, it, they're prohibited from conducting operations on U.S. soil. Would they say, my hands are clean because we had all of our overseas assets handle it through the five eyes and Europe and all those things? Is that are they are they going to skate? There's not going to be any accountability for the spying and, and the interfering in the election. Now, this was still contravening federal law and policy. Uh, first of all, FISA is not supposed to be used uh, to target First Amendment activities, political activities, but even going outside of FISA uh, to target U.S. citizens and to use surrogates to do it uh, would raise very significant legal and policy questions. It would also contradict things that have been made. Keep in mind, in this period, 2016, Trump had just announced who his foreign policy team would be, including Papadopoulos and Page, who apparently were targeted. Um, I mean, I feel like it's deja vu. It's it's 2024. I'm still doing Russia hoax stories. Russia, Russia, Russia for eight years now. It's the he's right. He's right. It's the propaganda that won't go away. You're listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. Another fast-moving week. We still have one more show tomorrow, but we're already Thursday. We're Thursday's already here. To get to the live stream of this show, you can go to TrumpetDaily.com or to the Rumble channel, rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily, every weekday morning, 11.05 a.m. here in the central time zone of the United States. So here we are in 2024. I mean, even just this week, it's not uh, directly related to Donald Trump and his reelection campaign. But uh, you hear about Russia, Russia, Russia. Now they're going to attack us from space. That's right. Nuclear weapons are going to rain down on the United States from high up in the heavens. Mike Turner, he's a good Republican. He's one that loves Vladimir Zelensky, that's for sure. He was just in Kiev last Friday. Comes back, he says that uh, the Biden 
the Biden presidency needs to declassify some information so that so that we're just well aware of the fact that we're all about to explode in nuclear warfare. So we better give that money to Zelensky. Sixty one billion dollars worth. As you know, from what the Senate (laughs) passed in the dark of night, there's a lot of Republicans that are on board with that uh, Ukrainian slush fund. It's never ending. $120 billion already. And Mitch McConnell and friends, Mitch McConnell's on his way to Ukraine at the moment. He's, He's traveling with Schumer. So you've got Mike Turner, who's warning us about the nuclear weapons in space. Russia, Russia, Russia. It's like deja vu, right? It's like deja vu. Jesse's right. This is from uh, The Federalist. It was a busy day in Washington on Wednesday as the intelligence bureaucracy tried to foment a national security panic over Russian nukes in space in hopes of ramming through the Ukraine aid package and killing reforms designed to curb its power to spy on Americans. Yeah, the House, they're, they're working to reform some of the FISA laws so that the DOJ, so that Obama's deep state can't terrorize, persecute, and spy on Americans, particularly of the opposite uh, political persuasion. They, here they abuse those core. I mean, this is the big story. The fact that the CIA, that John Brennan ordered the Russia hoax, He's the one that got it started. And like Jesse says, they tried to make it seem like, well, it's just something that's happening overseas. We got to look into it. No, no. That's the CIA targeting the political opposition in this country, in the United States. It's not just meddling in the elections of some third world state that we need to get some guy in there so it's more helpful for our economy or whatever. It's keep out Trump. It's destroy Trump's presidency. It's the greatest political scandal in U.S. history. And it's being exposed. So, of course, there's plenty of powerful people in the swamp that would like for you to just focus on Russia, Russia, Russia. And and Ukraine aid, Ukraine aid, Ukraine aid. That's all that these people can talk about. They're obsessed with it. And it's a major misdirection effort. That's what, it's a propaganda can. You know, I was thinking last night about this, this nudge unit started by Barack Obama. Yeah, we've got to figure out how to move the public in our direction. It's a propaganda arm, basically. And the regime media, of course, they're, they're quite happy to go right along with it. I mean, they are there to defend the deep state no matter what they're engaged in. They're an arm of the government morning meltdown and all the the friends they're carrying out the propaganda they're lying they're lying to the american people they do it on a daily basis this article says lest you think that sounds crazy consider the timing of the panic provocations which came almost immediately after house speaker mike johnson said he and other republicans We're not going to be rushed into approving $61 billion, this aid package for Ukraine. It says it also came at the precise moment, just coincidentally, that the House was debating reforms 
on the FISA, the FISA Act, set to expire in April and would end warrantless, that would end warrantless surveillance of Americans, which of course the White House and intelligence agencies oppose. They don't want, it, it doesn't matter how it was abused when they went after Trump's people. They don't want any reforms. They don't want any changes. No, 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 no. We want to keep, we want to be able to spy on American citizens. Why would Obama's White House oppose any kind of reform to all of these, these FISA abuses? You would think it'd be a no-brainer. You would think it would be bipartisan. Yeah, we're coming together in a bipartisan effort to try to clean up this agency. But no, no, they want to be able to abuse the power because these agencies have been completely weaponized. And it's being exposed now, thanks to Schellenberg, Taibbi, Jesse Waters for his part to amplify this message. Of course, it's all discussed in this book right here. America under attack. The attack from within. How, how is it now? Every day I go through the news stack. The ones that come in from Canada, from our news gatherers in the UK, right here in our headquarters campus. And more and more. This article right here. Look, the greatest attack is coming from within. That's right. It's not that we're saying Russia's not a menace. Or that Putin's not on the march. He is. But raining nukes down from space. This is where we are now. This is the most... Uh, behind funding Zelensky, this is number two on the docket. This, I mean, we have got to get our act together and make sure that we continue on with this proxy war against Putin or come into a cold war. It says here, all of this just goes to show that the most serious threat facing America isn't Russian nukes in space or overseas terrorist plots. It's the political class in Washington and our intelligence agencies that think they're above the law. This is exactly right. Just think about, I, mean, I told you earlier this week, about Obama's the one that empowered Russia to start in on the invasion back in 2014. Didn't do anything. Obama's the one that's empowered the mullahs to get this close to building their own nuclear bombs. That's what the whole JCPOA was all about. It, was to, it wasn't to prevent Iran from getting a nuclear weapon. It was to, to legalize it. To say, here you go. Here's the way it'll roll out over the next coming years. Here's how you can do it legitimately. And this same, this same administration... Let's call it what it is. It's the dear leader running the show. He is the puppet master. This same administration is now very concerned about nukes raining down upon us from outer space. Okay. You've empowered terrorist sponsoring nations to get nuclear weapons. It says here, it doesn't take a conspiracy theorist to figure out what happened here. Our intelligence agencies don't want lawmakers getting in the way of their plans. They don't want any interruption in the flow of U.S. tax dollars to Ukraine. And they don't want any curbs on their ability to spy on Americans. And they don't want you to know the truth. I'm adding this to the commentary. And so they've got their nudge units. They've got their propaganda arms. 
And they are out there with the same message. Russia, Russia, Russia. It's deja vu, isn't it? Russia collusion hoax. You know, Mitch McConnell, uh, Chuck Schumer, you add Mike Turner to the group. It's, it's almost as if these people spend more time in Kiev than they do their home state. How much, how much does McConnell visit Kentucky? You wonder. He's in the swamp, and then he's off to Kiev. And in between, $61 billion. And where is it coming from? Well, America doesn't have it. So they either print the money and add to the inflation problem here at home or borrow it from China. It says here, and as we all know, Crossfire Hurricane notoriously abused FISA to spy on Trump associates to say nothing of its ultimate purpose, which was to destroy Trump's candidacy and failing that, his presidency. So please, please, it says, let's not get distracted with hysterics about Russian nukes in space. Want to know where the real threat to our country is? It's not in space or in Moscow. It's in Washington. That's America under attack right there. (laughs) That's over at the Federalist. The real threat, it's in D.C. Donald Trump sees this, which is why they're working to destroy him. This was Jesse Waters again from last night. He had Schellenberger on the night before, and then last night he brings on Taibbi, clip six. The CIA has never changed until recently when they began interfering in American elections. And when it happened, it was called a conspiracy theory. The biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my campaign. There's no real evidence of that. Of course there is. It's all over the place. Leslie, they spied on my campaign and they got caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't verify. We won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been totally verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. Barack Obama said everything was done by the book. I guarantee that there is no political influence in any investigation conducted by the Justice Department or the FBI, not just in this case, but in any case. Now, Obama isn't the first politician to lie and won't be the last. Last night, we brought you a bombshell report from journalists Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi that allege Obama's CIA not only was involved in the Russia hoax, they started it. They started the Russia hoax. Totally politicized from the very beginning. Ordered by the dear leader. Carried out by John Brennan, the former communist. Well, he's, I guess he's the active communist. John Brennan, that's right. And then, to bring in the Five Eyes, to bring in Canadian authorities... And the UK and Australia and and New Zealand. When the Bible says in 2 Kings 14, there is no helper for Israel. Well, it certainly means that. There was no helper from abroad in Israel either. All of them conspiring. All of them in on Obama's plot. All of these FISA, these FISA court abuses of power, all of it being exposed. But don't, 
Don't think about that. Don't worry about that. Listen, we've got some nukes in space. We're about to be bombed by Russia. Let's focus on that. A little bit of a nudge unit here. Nudging the, the, the opinion in the country in a certain direction. Just like the good propagandists that they are. How about Leslie Stahl there? Listen, we're 60 minutes. We are 60 minutes. So we're not going to put anything on the air that we can't verify. And Donald Trump's, I forget when that, that interview was, but by then the proof was all over the place. That's what he said. Go downstairs and get a paper. Get a newspaper. Of course they spied on me. It's all over the place. But the regime media, they won't admit it, even when it's, even when the evidence is brought right in front of their faces. For those of us observing, it's like deja vu all over again. 2024, and we're still on Russia, Russia, Russia. Play uh, clip seven. Now, the Mueller investigation was designed to cover up for Obama and Hillary and tee up impeachment. It failed on impeachment, but the cover-up worked until now. The point remains that the Obama-Biden White House, their CIA and FBI director, launched an illegal preemptive war against democracy, got caught, and have been covering it up for eight years. Schellenberger and Taibbi also say redacted FOIA documents suggest that Biden has been conspiring against Donald Trump with the intelligence community to prosecute the former president in federal court, which would be an impeachable offense. Obama's, Obama's CIA and FBI launched, he says there, an illegal preemptive war against democracy, against Donald Trump, against Trump associates. And, and notice before that, Jesse there says that the Mueller the Mueller investigation was meant to cover Obama's tracks in addition to go after Trump, to tee up the uh, impeachment, as he says there. That's something you haven't seen anywhere, really, except over at Conservative Treehouse with Sundance. And of course, we talk all about it in America Under Attack. How that, as Sundance has brought out, from the beginning, you go back to Comey, taking classified documents. Hello, they all do it, except for Trump. He, he can actually take them. He can declassify. He had those powers. Comey takes the classified docs, leaks it to a friend who leaks it to the New York Times. It triggers the investigation. And for three years, they work to set up Trump for impeachment and, of course, to cover all their tracks. Yesterday we told you about the missing binder. You see why they had to steal the election back in 2020. They got to get Trump out because Trump has the receipts. Trump has the goods. We don't know all the specifics. We don't know where the binder is. There's, there's some speculation left in this story. But look at what's being revealed. And who could have ever imagined that the CIA, that an American agency, that, a, that an American agency of, of America's government would order this kind of a hit 
on its own people. That's what's, uh, that's what's the bombshell of, of this week, as far as we're concerned. Listen to one more from Jesse Waters, clip eight. We, we heard multiple versions of what the binder is, how many binders there are. We heard there are as many as three. Um, but we do know a couple of concrete things. We know that only a share of the HIPSI investigation ever got out. Of course, people are aware of the Nunes memo, uh, which led to the investigation of abuses of FISA. Uh, we also we know that there was a report done into the origins of that intelligence community assessment, which supposedly never left a vault on the grounds of Langley. That's like a 17 to 20 page report that was confirmed by multiple sources. Uh, apart from that, we were told there are uh, numerous other investigative materials that may or may not be these binders that stories are referring to. Uh, but we know that there's a lot of stuff that didn't get out, that there was <laughs> that there were thousands of hours of investigation and their conclusions have not yet been declassified. Mm -hmm. Well, this would just be another reason why they want to do everything they can to prevent Donald Trump from returning to the White House, because he'll blow the lid off of that. Each and yet you look at everything that's happening this year. I've got plenty of articles as we proceed about Trump victories, Trump crushing it in, uh, in South Carolina, and then just how bad it is for Joe Biden, for the Biden crime family, for Joe Bama, for the dear leader. This is uh, from the American Spectator. Lately, I've written and focused on the history of Watergate because I find it helpful in understanding American politics and power today. After living through Watergate, President Donald Trump has the benefit of having watched how the establishment's legal, political, money, media lynch mob operates. A perspective that has allowed him to navigate through its attacks in ways Nixon simply couldn't. The story is, of course, still relevant today. The Washington establishment has continued to attack Trump with the same extraordinary hypocrisy it paid to have Trump framed for made-up crimes and then used the instruments of government to surround him with falsehoods to drive him out of public life. The phony dossier was used as the basis for getting FISA warrants to spy on, the spy on and later investigate Trump and his associates. These efforts are amazing and teach us much about the corruption and the illegality of Washington's establishment structure. But the pattern started much earlier. Yeah, you can go back to Nixon and see where they all colluded together to destroy a presidency. This time around, though, there's a perspective there that's allowed Donald Trump to navigate through the attacks in ways that Nixon just couldn't. And of course, we know there's a, <laughs> a greater spiritual dimension at work here as well. Like we've said, in America Under Attack, I mean, this, this Jeroboam type, he's coming back. Donald Trump will return somehow, some way, amid all of these attacks, these investigations, these impeachments, these indictments, and even the cheating, the cheating, the stealing of elections. This is over at uh, American Greatness. The tide turns in Trump's favor. 
How is this possible? <laughs> Yesterday, Joe Scarborough said that Trump was a loser, 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 loser. 2016, seven, well, maybe he won in 2016. Outside of that, he lost in 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, and now 24 with the special election in New York. It's more, it's more propaganda intended to nudge the American, but it's not working, is it? Everything seems to be going wrong for Joe Biden. It can't be a good sign for him that he no longer trusts one of his most loyal henchmen, Merrick Garland. <laughs> he talks about how the Biden people are frustrated that they didn't go after Trump earlier with all these indictments. And then, of course, now they come out with the her report that says Joe Biden's senile, basically. He's just an old man with a bad memory. So Biden's upset. He's the, he's the sitting president of the United States. Fake one at that, but he's upset. How does this happen out of Garland's DOJ? Well, it's actually the dear leader's DOJ. He's the one. He's the one, speaking of Biden and his bad memory, he, he's also really upset with uh, Robert Hur for bringing up the fact that, that uh, for even bringing Bo Biden into... The Q&A for one of their interviews, he lashed out. This is from NBC. President Joe Biden lashed out at Robert Hur last week over one particular line in the special counsel's report on his handling of classified documents that Biden did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died. And of course, Biden came out and said, how dare you even bring up the subject? Well, there's now reporting, and this comes from the regime media. There's now reporting that her or his investigators didn't even bring up the subject. It was Joe Biden. So he not only is mad because he brought up or it was brought into the conversation, he forgets. He's forgotten that he's the one that brought it up, which isn't surprising. I mean, every other speech he gives, he's talking about Bo Biden. Listen to this report, though, coming from NBC, clip one. President Biden became heated, you'll remember, responding to the special counsel's assertion that he could not remember within several years when his son Bo died. Last week, the president criticized her for asking him about it. How dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, wasn't any of their business. But tonight, NBC News has learned that her never asked that question, according to two people familiar with the interview last fall. They say it was the president, not her or his team, who first introduced Bo Biden's death. The sources say the president got the date, May 30th, correct, but not the year. I mean, these are devastating reports. How much longer can this man last? I mean, yesterday in the House, this was, this was Speaker Mike Johnson. This is the highest-ranking Republican in the House, clip two. Ultimately, they're indicting, remember now, the DOJ is indicting one president with politically motivated charges, and they are now carrying the water for another amid very similar allegations. A man too incapable of being held accountable for mishandling classified information is certainly unfit for the Oval Office. Unfit for the Oval Office? So... <laughs> There's people calling for him to step aside, including, as I said, the highest ranking Republican in the House. This, by the way, this was Donald Trump at a rally yesterday in, uh, in South Carolina, clip four. 
Personally, I don't think he makes it to the starting gate. I, I hate when they compare him to me. He's old, he's broken, he's incompetent. But let's also talk about Trump. You know, I stand up here, I make these speeches all the time, all the time. We have the biggest crowds in history, in history. If I didn't have it, you'd know before anybody. It's exactly the point we made earlier this week. On the one hand, the regime media, they say that, listen, we can't, we can't play any of his speeches for you. There's just, there are too many lies. And then on the other hand, they say, you know, everything he says, he's a bumbling fool, an idiot. He's tripping all over the place. Well, well, why don't you show one of his rallies then? And Trump is right. He goes to them every two or three days, it seems. At the end of the one I saw from Saturday, I think it was an hour and a half. I don't know if I saw the, the, the earliest part of that video, if maybe there was some you know, speaking by others before Trump got out there. But in any event, it's no problem for him to stand up, to speak, to speak for an hour, to speak for an hour and a half, to give an effective speech. He doesn't like the comparison that the regime media are there to make. That, okay, Biden does have some issues, but, you know, so does the bad orange man. In fact, it's even worse with him. This uh, American greatness piece, just to continue, it says, it says, for Democrats, Biden is automatically redeemed by Donald Trump's supposedly self-evident and uniquely odious criminality. But some Democrats are beginning to sense that the rest of the country does not share their urgency or their zealous certainty of Trump's turpitude, unlike Biden's mental decline, which is obvious to everyone, it is far from self-evident that Trump is an insurrectionist. And it's far from clear that America is willing to go to the extremes that Democrats want to take us to get rid of him. They see how unjust it is. They see how unfair it is, so many people. And that's why his popularity continues to rise it says further down in sharp contrast with the sheltered biden no president in modern history has sustained more scrutiny than trump in addition to a ruthless and concerted lawfare campaign trump has to contend with a daily avalanche of propaganda painting him as the next hitler and acquitting biden of his failures but the best efforts of the media machine can no longer hide biden's sharp mental decline or the total breakdown of law and order across the nation. The total breakdown of law and order in our cities. Look at, look at what happened in Kansas City yesterday. A, a, another mass shooting in a, in a big U.S. city. Apparently it was a, three young people that got into a fight and just started firing the bullets. And in all the reporting, all the talking heads... Before they even know, and you know, they probably do know the victims and they probably do know the perpetrators, but they just won't report it because they're minorities. They don't want to report the fact there was probably a handgun. They just want to demonize the pistol or lie and just say, yeah, they, were going, they had big, long military-style rifles. It takes them two seconds to go after guns, to go after the Second Amendment. And then the detail, details start rolling in and narratives begin to break down and then they'll move on to some other story. 
some other topic that they can use to kind of nudge the public any way that they can. Listen to the talking heads as they react to this mass shooting yesterday, clip 11. You're in the legislative business, you're in the government business. Is there any desire among your fellow legislators to make children live a different kind of life than this one? Absolutely. And I think it's something that I'm taking uh, at heart immediately. As soon as uh, we were clear and safe, I texted our general counsel and told them I need that gun legislation immediately for Monday's meeting. I don't care what stands in our way. The Republicans don't want gun control. But this is such a human issue. It should be hard to get guns. I mean, Missouri is a Second Amendment sanctuary state. So they is there a way to get movement on this issue? Is there a voice? that can force movement to the maybe the the, the football players uh, the Kansas City Chiefs who were there right before this happened could they have a voice in this uh, everybody should stand up and say enough is enough and call for action here uh, this is a state with very uh, loose gun laws there's open carry laws basically anyone over 18 basically can carry a weapon anywhere they want to go but they like to legislate they just want to legislate women not guns you know, Missouri has some of the most open, uh, liberal gun laws in the country in terms of, you know, anybody can carry a long gun and open anywhere. They are so limited as to what they can do with people who are carrying weapons of war openly on the streets of St. Louis and Kansas City. It is another sad, sad chapter in America's love affair with military-style long weapons that can kill a lot of people and hurt a lot of people in a short period of time. Um, it is it is just unconscionable that we have allowed guns to go this far in this country. Said it's, it's early, but it's never too early to talk about, as she did, the, the role of, of weapons in our society. Not that we take constitutional rights away from people, but rather that we be more careful about who it is that we allow to exercise those rights in our society. We don't know any of the details, but it's never too early to go after the Second Amendment. Anyone over 18 can just walk around Missouri with, uh, with firearms. This is from uh, CNN. Kansas City shooting believed spurred by personal dispute law enforcement officials say two juveniles among three are detained. So as it turns out, at least with two of them, I mean, they did break gun laws that were in place that were supposed to prevent juveniles from brandishing weapons at a parade. They're not going to give you the truth. They're going to give you the agenda. They're all part of the nudge unit. They've all got a message. And it comes straight from the Dear Leaders playbook. Always, always, always. This uh, story in Fox News, it following on what we talked about yet. You've got the invasion at the southern border. You've got a total breakdown of law and order in our cities. Fox News says a Massachusetts couple who volunteered to take in illegal immigrants was surprised when a family of four showed up at the doorstep less than an hour after signing up. With state shelters hitting capacity and migrant families sleeping overnight inside the Boston Logan International Airport, Colin and Jessica Stokes of Brookline 
decided to step up and try to make a difference. I was like, I have to get sheets on the beds. How many people are coming? Where are they from? What ages? We really knew nothing. It's just letting strangers come in and live with them. Bleeding heart liberals. How, how much longer before this backfires? You've already got criminals roaming the streets, beating up law enforcement officers. Criminals from Venezuela. Criminals from other countries. Criminals just pouring in to the United States of America. Illegals. And it seems as, as fast as they come in, the swamp creatures in D.C. want to send out trillions of dollars just as fast to other countries so that they can deal with their problems. And then throw in a little bit of scaremongering. Nukes from space. The truth is what sets us free. You, can, you go through some of this insanity and it surely does make you appreciate God's truth, God's teaching. This article I, I got through most of the other day, Jonathan Turley, Trump having one of his best weeks ever. Trump long mocked President Biden over his age and mental deterioration. This week, special counsel Robert Hur justified his declination of criminal charges against Biden, in part due to his diminished faculties. He said that his team was concerned that a jury would find him a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. <laughs> Confirms everything that Donald Trump's been out there on the campaign trail saying. Biden then proceeded to hold a press conference to show that he was mentally sharp. It was a disaster, says Turley. Biden not only came across as cranky, telling reporters to get off his lawn, <laughs> an octogenarian telling reporters to get off his lawn, but he proceeded to confuse the presidents of Mexico and Egypt. It says now 76% of Americans are concerned about Biden's mental fitness to be president. 76%. Even more important was what the report said about Biden's underlying conduct. Despite false claims by Biden in the press conference, the report found that he had willfully retained classified material, mishandled such material for years, and disclosed classified material. If that sounds familiar, it should. The pictures and allegations are strikingly similar to those involving Trump at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, ex exposed for the very crimes that they're, tr they're trying to put on Trump. It says, Her tried to distinguish the cases, the classified documents cases for Biden as opposed to Trump. He tried to distinguish the cases by citing Trump's failure to cooperate and his efforts to allegedly obstruct the investigation. However, that explains the obstruction counts. The problem is, the other counts for retention and mishandling, some of those charges require a simple showing of gross negligence. Her found willful misconduct by Biden, but dismissed uh, similar charges. But not so with Trump, because, I mean, you've got Obama, CIA, and DOJ there doing their dirty business. The case, Alvin Bragg's case, that goes forward on March 25th. 
it's never ending. Although I did see, I guess, uh, Fannie Willis, she's got her hearing today as to whether or not she's going to be removed from the case down in Georgia. Just to finish with Turley, he says, polls show most Americans believe that the FBI has been politicized. Even in Georgia, a recent poll found 77% believe that politics played a major role or some role in charging Trump. 77%. So when Jesse Waters comes out with (laughs) these bombshell reports, well, you can see why. Fox News is the number one rated cable news network, even with a lot of rhinos mixed into their staff. That truth, it is a bombshell revelation, and it should be on all the networks. But it's only on a few, because the others are there talking about nuclear bombs falling from space. It's like deja vu. Russia, Russia, Russia. Despite all of these attacks, though, What a good couple of weeks it's been for Donald Trump. According to The Hill, he's leading in South Carolina. And you keep in mind, this is where Nikki Haley is from. And Trump is leading by 65% to 29%. He's got like a 36-point lead. So he's out doing his rallies. Who knows what Haley's doing? She's doing some sit-downs with the regime media. This was, I think, from NBC just the other day, clip 10. The problem now is he is not the same person he was in 2016. He is unhinged. He is more diminished than he, than he was. You endorsed him when he ran again. You were a vocal supporter. You were out on the campaign trail. I'm the first one to say I voted for him twice. I was proud to serve America in his administration. But you can go back and look in my book. I cite multiple times, and he knows it, when I called him out for things that he was doing that were wrong. Since I got out of the administration, I have called him out multiple times, which is why he's upset because he thinks I'm disloyal. I'm not loyal to anyone. She's not loyal to anybody. Wow. That's, uh, I don't know if that's the soundbite she's looking for. She's not loyal. This is my campaign slogan. Not loyal to anyone. Just, just loyal to bring down the bad orange man that you worked for, as this guy correctly points out, that you, you've supported, that you voted for. And she's using the excuse that it's Trump, you see. He's in the midst of this precipitous mental decline. So I can't support him now. She just goes right along with the regime. The regime. They say, look, don't believe your eyes. Don't believe what you see. Just know that there's only one senile candidate among these two. And that would be Donald John Trump. This was Trump yesterday commenting on Scarborough and company who, who say, yeah, he confuses Obama uh, with Biden. He doesn't even know who the, the current president is. Listen to clip five. When I say Barack Hussein Obama is the president of the United States, meaning there's a lot of control there because the one guy can't put two sentences together. When I say Obama is running the show, it's because Obama's running the show. <laughs> so, and he's been, you've heard it on this show, I know. But he's been making this point with greater frequency out on the campaign trail. 
When we come back, we've got uh, a little time left for a Bible study segment before we conclude. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. What has happened to the United States of America? The wealthiest, most powerful nation in human history is suddenly divided, weakened, radical. The evil in America has grown powerful. The good has grown weak. The honorable parts of American history are succumbing to a direct, targeted, sustained assault. Someone, something is dismantling America's history, purpose, and character. Fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Political dysfunction, social strife, economic peril, catastrophic moral failure, fires, attacks, riots, lies. The nation is being attacked from within by its own leaders. Powerful elites in government, journalism, academia, and beyond are intentionally, rapidly destroying what America is in order to make it into something else. There is a reason why your nation is crumbling before your eyes. There is a spirit and a specific perpetrator that is attempting to blot out America. Only America Under Attack reveals that perpetrator and the motive and spirit behind him. This newly expanded book shows you the reason why America has changed so dramatically, so suddenly. If you're confused and concerned about what is happening to America, request your free copy of America Under Attack by Gerald Flurry at thetrumpet.com. We've been uh, telling the students recently just how many wonderful opportunities there are in God's work and here on campus in uh, Edmond and of course in our sister camp uh, over at our sister campus in uh, Edstone. Uh, and we're coming up to the opening of our archaeological exhibit. That's uh, scheduled for February 25th. Uh, that's coming up in just a couple weeks, week and a half, I guess. And we've got a Celtic throne performance together with that, uh, that grand opening. That's uh, Sunday evening, February 25th. Last I checked, I think uh, we've sold over 700 seats for that uh, performance, kicking off another tour for the crew, for the performers, the singers, the dancers, and the stage crew, and so on. And so many of our young people are, are part of these activities, and it adds, I mean, it does add quite a bit of activity to their just their normal college schedule. And with all of these activities and responsibilities, of course, there does come some, some pressure and some stress to just keep pace with everything, to perform at a high level and to not get too discouraged or to run away from uh, the responsibility. And really, it's like that with all of us, if we're living in this this crazy and chaotic world, if we're living as true Christians ought to live, I mean, we, we are going to be a big target in the devil's eyes. And he, he's a master at getting us to focus on negative things, getting us down and discouraged, or causing us to want to run away from a responsibility like Jonah. Notice what it says over in Galatians 6. In verse 7, I mean, as you turn over there, and please read along with me, but just think about uh, 2 Timothy 1, 
in verses 6 and 7 where it says there that God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There's a spirit of, of joy and contentment. Even if everything's burning all around, we still can have that inner peace. We still can lead peaceable lives knowing that God will guide us, that God will protect us, that God will deliver us. Galatians 6 here, verse 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It says, For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. This passage is talking about the law of cause and effect. If we're laying down those spiritual seeds, eventually it leads to life everlasting. There, there is that victory in the end. Verse 9, it says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Here's another law, the law of the farm. I mean, it doesn't just churn out produce overnight. You've got to put in the time, as any farmer will tell you. I mean, you've got to put in the work. And you've got to think longer term. Let us not grow tired of doing good, it says in another translation. It's easy, especially as you get older. I was telling the students this this morning. But as you get older, I mean, you can, even just the pulls of the flesh, even just the weakening of the flesh. We want to do our part to, to still be energetic and active as best we can the older we get. But... I mean, it is given to man once to die, as it says in Hebrews 9. And uh, our bodies do slow down. That's all the more reason why we need to turn to God for additional strength, even physical strength and energy. You can read about that in Isaiah 40. Read the last five, six verses there. It's very encouraging. But it is easy to get weary, to get worn down, Amplified Version says, Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in, if we don't quit, if we don't give in, if we stay the course. We've got to fight on. It is an endurance race. I mentioned that verse the other day, Matthew 24, 13, which says the, the ones who are saved are the ones who endure to the end. We've got to get to the finish line. This is, this is a, I mean, this is what the Laodiceans have failed to do, at least thus far. They've just bowed out of the race. And here they were getting so close to the finish line. My father, he was writing, actually this is from a sermon, he gave this back in 2003. And so it's a long time ago, 21 years. But what's important about this quote I'm about to give to you is, he said this the day after we, we won the rights to Mystery of the Ages. By the way, someone wrote in recently and said that uh, you mentioned your college classes that you teach from. Are there any textbooks that, that we could go through? And this is, of course, one of them, one of many. But here would be a good place to start. If you want to study the truth of God, <clears throat> the truth of God is what, as I said earlier, what sets us free. But anyway, we, we won the rights to all of this literature by Herbert Armstrong. 
And it was after a grueling six-year struggle. Six years of litigation. And my father said the day after we won the rights to all of this material, he talked about when people leave God's church, how that they just get into all kinds of crazy criticisms aimed at God's work. Bizarre things. And my father explained how that they do this to, to justify their own sins or to cover for their own weaknesses. Because they don't want to just come out and admit, listen, I just wanted to stop fighting. I got tired of fighting. I got tired of living God's way. I got tired of obeying God's commandments. And so instead they blame the, the church or maybe they blame the college or the work. He says they don't say they... They don't say that. They come up with some crazy idea to justify their rebellion and their weakness before God. And then listen to this. My father says, we are all weak, but we can't be weak as a way of life. We're going to have to conquer and we're going to have to overcome the devil by getting on our knees and crying out to God and to Christ for the strength to face whatever comes. And he says, it's, it's not easy. He repeated that. It's not easy. It's the straight and narrow way, your Bible says. It's the difficult, bumpy, rocky road. He says here there was a lot. There was a lot of this six years fighting for mystery of the ages that I didn't enjoy. And I have to tell you, I got a little tired of fighting. But I knew we would have to win. And I knew... I had to endure, as I know you did as well. He knew he just had to keep on fighting. We can't grow weary in doing well. If you're fighting for God, you're on the right side. You're on the right side, and we will experience our tests and trials, and there will be moments where we weaken. We're all weak, like my father says, but we can't be weak. We can't be weak as a way of life. Draw strength from the great creator God. Go, go and beseech God for more strength and power. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. That's all we have time for on today's show. You are listening to Stephen Fleury and this is the Trumpet Daily. Thank you for joining us on today's show and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>